0: Well, Foster Success at indianapolis based non profit is celebrating 10 years of impact uh, here in the community by helping. Uh, it's a not-for-profit that supports teens and young adults transitioning out of the foster care system. So joining us on the news line is Maggie Stevens, who is the president of Foster Success. So Maggie, thank you very much for being with us. Always good to chat with you.
1: Thanks for making some time to, to chat this afternoon.
0: Not a problem. Uh, so help us out here. Uh, how has foster care changed in Indiana over the past 10 years?
1: You know, when we look at foster care across all ages, we um, have seen ups and downs. So if you go back 10 years ago, um, we had about 19,000 individuals in foster care, and our numbers were creeping at that point in time. We peaked with over 32,000 individuals in foster care back in 2017. Um, But over the past few years, thankfully, we've seen a decrease in those numbers, and um, we're down to about 24,000 individuals in foster care. So numbers have gone up, numbers have gone down, uh, but the, the need to support these individuals who are in care has remained constant. Uh, and that's what we're here to do at Foster Success, is to, to help young people, specifically, as you said, our older foster youth, teens, young adults, as they are transitioning out of care. And, you know, I'm really glad that we have seen an increase um, in interest, awareness, and support for this population over the past several years in particular.
0: Uh, what would you say was, is perhaps the biggest change uh, over the past 10 years with respect to foster care here in Indiana?
1: Um, I would say um, both at a federal and a local state level, we saw the biggest change back in 2018 and 2019. In 2018, um, there was a federal law passed, the Family First Prevention Services Act, which did a number of things that really changed the way we look at foster care. One, focusing on uh, additional funds and resources for preventative and supportive services for families to reduce the likelihood that individuals would be removed from the home and really trying to, to improve systems to allow kids to stay with their families. Um, and then specifically for the the population we work with, that the Family First Act allowed states to extend foster care services until age 23. And Governor Holcomb was one of the first um, governors to bring that to Indiana. And very early in 2019, he extended the ability for us to offer services to our older foster youth until age 23. Free, which is transformational to be able to continue to support young adults um, beyond the age of 18 as they're figuring out the world of work, college, uh, and all those things that, that we struggle with um, as young adults in our communities.
0: Yes, yeah, so I was going to ask you, I know this, it's always a tricky age uh, between 18 and 23, 24, uh, trying to figure out, you know, because you're, you're an adult, but you have been in the foster system, so maybe you had a little bit of a different upbringing than, say, quote-unquote, kids into more traditional settings.
1: Absolutely. So what we really do is try to focus on supporting that specific population, again, the the teens, the young adults, as they are transitioning into adulthood so that they can be independent. Um, we have programs to teach financial literacy and do a match savings program to help individuals purchase their first car to move into their first apartment. Um, we've even helped some people, you know, into their 20s make a down payment on their first house. Um, so we, we help with those things. We have career exploration opportunities, educational support, whether you're going to a four-year school, going to a technical college, um, any number of different things. We really try to be there to support individuals with all of those things that, you know, many of their peers might have the opportunity to pick up a phone and call a parent for support, advice, um, or even a little bit of money to get them through a troubled time.
0: We're talking today to Maggie Stevens. and Maggie is the president of Foster Success. there in an Indianapolis-based nonprofit celebrating 10 years of helping uh, foster kids, particularly those between 18 and 23, sort of those transition into adulthood. Uh, Maggie, I got to ask you, uh, what about college uh, for a lot of foster kids? How does that work?
1: So, you know, I think a lot of our students when they're in high school, you know, they have aspirations to go to college. Um, they don't always know if, if they're going to be able to go to college. And so in Indiana, we are fortunate that our 7th through 12th graders who are in foster care or students who enter into foster care between 7th and 12th grade can benefit from the 21st Century Scholars Program, which will help offset a lot of their expenses. Uh, there's also federal funds through what's called the Education Training Voucher Program that can pay up to $5,000 in post-secondary expenses. And we have staff in our office at Foster Success that work with students every day. Um, we work with about 300 students enrolled in college this past year to help them navigate the dollars and cents to pay to go to school. Uh, we have some new programs that we're launching with high school students to expose them to the possibilities of college. Um, um, get them on a college campus, help them take tours, uh, and help them just explore what those possibilities might be for them.
0: Now, I want to say uh, also uh, over the past 10 years that the rules have changed. Uh, so even before you get to, to college or post-secondary education, uh, you now do now do tracking of the state's foster care kids to make sure they're finishing school.
1: Yes. So back in 2018, we were able to um, push forward some legislation that has the Department of Education and DCS working together to look at the education outcomes for our our foster youth who are in grades K through 12. Uh, unfortunately, year over year that we've been getting the data and looking at it, we continuously see that our students who are in foster care are performing significantly uh, lower compared to their non-foster care peers. So, for example, of those students who make it to their senior year in high school, uh, a student in foster care or only 55% of our students in foster care are graduating from high school compared to eighty five 85- percent of their non-foster care peers. And so there's definitely a gap there. And what we're trying to do is not only help them get to graduation, you know, but for those who, for one reason or another, don't finish high school, we, we connect them to other job training, high school equivalency programs, and any number of other resources, again, to help give them um, the opportunities that they're looking for in order to be independent and successful in whatever ways they define.
0: Uh, how difficult is that uh, for foster kids?
1: Um, you know I think what I have found in working with this population of teenagers is they are resilient Uh, I say every day though it is heartening and humbling to do this work because our young people just power through so many challenges Um, you know I think it's they, they don't always have an adult to fall back on. Um, sometimes they find people in their schools. Some of them do have foster parents who are helping them out, but it takes a lot of resilience um, and just maybe some, some stubbornness along the way. Um, I've talked to youth in care, you know, who go to a different high school every year, yet they are able to, you know, find it within themselves to power through and, and finish. Um, and I'm incredibly impressed by what they're able to accomplish.
0: I was going to ask you about that. Uh, with, with with the foster care kids or, or young adults, uh, are they are because they, the old story stereotype used to be they, they moved around to a different home like every year or every six months. Uh, what has been what has been happening in that area to to get them in more sort of more sort of a permanent setting so that way they don't have to worry about you know leaving you know, going from school to school and then they're probably getting behind.
1: Right, you know, it varies from from person to person, um, for better or for worse. You know, I most of the young people that I talk to, though, do have stories of being in at least you know two or three different homes during their middle school, high school years. Um, I know that DCS is working to try to minimize that and try to minimize transition. So if they are changing placements, they're not moving you know across the state or to different districts. Um, but it's challenging. I mean, there's there's a shortage of foster care homes across the state. And so they are constantly looking for places for our young people to be um, and, and to be housed and to be safe and be connected to the community that they're already a part of.
0: Our guest on the program today is Maggie Stevens. Maggie is the head of Foster Success. They do a lot of work uh, with foster children, foster teenagers to young adults, sort of that 18 to 25, sort of those transitional years from from permanent foster care uh, to becoming uh, an adult. Uh, Maggie, let me ask you, uh, COVID-19, obviously, you know, for the past couple of years has, you know, kind of knocked a lot of us off of our game. How has it impacted you folks in the foster care universe?
1: For our, you know, again, the older youth that we're talking about, especially those who were over 18 uh, and, and really just starting to, to make their way in the world, they, they saw a significant impact. Um, if you go back to the spring of 2020 when a lot of our colleges Um, pretty much all of our colleges were closing their campuses, moving classes online, closing residence halls. Um, Our older youth didn't always have a a home to return to um, when their peers were packing up for the semester and and going back to the house they had lived in for 18 years before. Uh, I will say that the colleges and universities across the state, the Department of Child Services worked really hard to make sure that everybody had, you know, a place to be or allowed to stay on campus. Um, But what really came to light during that period of time, whether it was a housing issue, whether it was a cash flow issue because they had been temporarily or permanently laid off from employment, uh, was this idea of family privilege. And many of our older foster youth, these individuals who are aging out of foster care without a permanent placement lack family privilege. And I don't think it's something that we think about um, until you you come into a situation like this and you recognize that for somebody who ages out of foster care, Without that permanent placement, they don't necessarily have a family to fall back on in times of crisis, whether it's a global pandemic or you know some other situation that has led them to lose a job, become very ill, whatever the case might be. And they also are lacking those connections for network networking um, and and moving into different opportunities. So again, we really tried um, over the past couple of years and even before to be that that safety net for our young people, to connect them to resources, to connect them to other people. Uh, we launched an emergency fund that we've been able to sustain and and really help meet those immediate needs. You know, when a car breaks down, which in Indiana is critical to get to work or to get to school, we're able to make small grants to help somebody, you know, not fall off their path because of one small bump in the road.
0: And speaking of small bumps in the road, uh, how those how those have how those bumps changed over 10 years? <laughs>
1: Uh, You know, again, I think, you know, for us, what we're seeing is – a realization of the bumps. I think, you know, even if you go back ten years ago, our young people were dealing with um, increased issues of PTSD and mental health issues. They were dealing with challenges in housing and homelessness. Um, unfortunately, if you look over the the past decade or so and you look at the long-term outcomes of those aging out of foster care, um, we're not seeing significant changes or you know in the the outcomes. Uh, We still see, you know, young people who are, you know, one in five individuals, you know, experience homelessness within two years of leaving foster care. And unfortunately, that number's held pretty steady. There have been some, you know, attempts with some new voucher programs, new housing support programs to try to close the gap, um, but we're not quite there yet. So we're still dealing with housing instability, um, significant numbers of mental health issues that we need to support our young people with, and just some overall challenges that their non-foster care peers are not facing.
0: Maggie Stevens, a foster care CEO and president with us on the program for a few more minutes. Uh, talk about uh, sort of foster care, foster success, how they've helped uh, young people sort of age out of foster care. So that 18 uh, to 23 uh, years old. Uh, Maggie, one of the things I was uh, when I was doing a little bit of research, uh, I came across a website about sort of common myths about kids in foster care. Uh, and it's like, for example, you can't be single. That's not true. You can't work full time. Too old. Must be a parent can have pets, et cetera, et cetera. What would you say uh, is the biggest misconception about foster care, particularly the young adults that you folks work with?
1: You know, I think the biggest misconception that I run into is, is, is that, you know, kids in foster care, individuals in foster care are, you know, Infants, toddlers, ten years old. Um, I don't, and, and you know, in that there's reunification or adoption for all of these kids. And I think um most people, when I talk to them about the work that we do at Foster Success and the individuals that we have the opportunity to partner with and support, you know, it's there, there's always a pause, and they they kind of say, oh. I never thought about that. Or what happens to somebody who's still 18, you know, who's still in foster care when they do turn 18? Um, So I think, you know, whether it's a mis- Perception or just, you know, a, a lack of knowledge around it. Uh, it's this idea that that everybody ends up housed at some point after their foster care experience. And unfortunately, that's not the reality. Um, but, you know, we are here to, to provide those services and supports for those individuals.
0: Um, this makes it sound like a little bit of, a, of an odd question. So please forgive me. Uh, okay. Once these kids uh, become older, once they become young adults, do they ever reconnect uh, with their biological families? Or do they stay in touch with them?
1: They they do, and and we have young people um, who even through their foster care experience have been in touch with their you know biological families, um, or who may reconnect with them later. You know, one of the things that you know I'm reminded of every day is that the journey for these individuals. You know, is, is unique and different. No two paths are the same. And so we have some people who reunite with their biological families. We find a lot of the young people we work with, even if they're not connected to uh, a parent, they might be connected to extended family or siblings. Um, and then we have individuals who who may not reconnect or who at some point, you know, end up having adult adoption because they've connected to an adult in their life either through foster care or other supportive services. um, And they end up, you know, going ahead at age 23 and deciding to get adopted. So all sorts of different outcomes and paths. um, And that's part of what makes this work so interesting and rewarding is to see how each individual kind of plans out or chooses where they want to connect and where they find their support and, and helping them move that forward
0: Um, i've got a couple minutes left here uh there's something that you think folks should know about foster care particularly what you folks do uh what what would it be
1: you know, I think, again, one of the things I mentioned earlier, this whole idea of family privilege and providing that safety net, that's really what we work to do here at Foster Success. Um, we want to make sure that every young person who we come in contact with feels heard, empowered, and supported in their journey to self-sufficiency, and I hope that others out there take, a t- take some time to, to learn about how we do that.
0: All right. Well, our guest on the program today has been Maggie Stevens. And Maggie is the president and CEO of Foster Success. Uh, they work with young people uh, who've been in the foster system, uh, usually that 18 to 23-year-old range. Maggie, uh, thank you very much for being with us. Uh, happy birthday, by the way. Happy 10 years. ten years Thank old. Wish you. Wish you folks nothing but the best luck and best of success going forward.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much.